listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. We've had a busy day in the NBA. The trade deadline it came, it went, and we saw a lot of action. But we will start between the Miami Heat and Houston Rockets. Victor Oladipo, two-time All-Star, now on his way to South Beach. Okay, now here's a guy, Oladipo, that no doubt at various times he was on the cusp of being in that top tier in the NBA. Um, he never quite got there, in my opinion, but he was close. And I feel like that a lot of people are st- still, you know, they know he's, you know, injuries and such, you know, one big catastrophic, or not catastrophic, but impactful one. There's a sense he's not quite what he used to be, but he's still mighty good. I'm going to question if he's mighty good. So points per game this year, Oladipo 21. His PER, now that's a stat, it's an advanced metric. John Hollinger invented it. The average in the entire league is 15. His PER this season, Oladipo, is 15.4. So he (laughs) is average. Now, uh, an apologist for Oladipo wrote, somehow they got in my notes, he said, hey, the stats got pulled down this year due to poor shooting and high turnovers. Yes, it reminds me of the Sopranos when a little Jackie Jr., who you know ended up being, uh, you know, not the smartest guy in the mob, and after he passed away, they were talking about him. They said, you know, he once uh, drowned in almost drowned in three inches of water, and then they said, you know, his mom thought he was learning disabled, and. Then Tony says, well, yeah, he, he was pretty dumb. So it's like, yeah, we can put a different name to it, right? But, <laughs> but Oladipo, it could be he's got bad stats because of the poor shooting and the you know, increase in turnovers, or maybe that's why he's a bad player, or at this point, average. His career stats, he's a- actually averaging less points per game in his career. So he's shooting more. He's playing for a team that had 20 straight losses recently. I don't see this being much of an upgrade. Now, the Heat, let's be honest about something. Maybe the upgrade in odds is warranted. And let's talk about that objectively. Yesterday, the Heat's odds to win the NBA title were 50 to 1. Now, 30 to 1. I feel like that upgrade is too much. But I think an upgrade is warranted. You might say, RJ, why would an average player coming to a team upgrade their odds? Well, one, the minutes he'll take, the player's minutes he takes, are they average even? Is he an upgrade? Number two, could it be the Houston and the, you know, Harden did a lot to get out of there. Whatever the mindset was on that team after he left, maybe Oladipo got swept up in that. And that's why he has poor shooting and a lot of turnovers. I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying it's impossible. And if you look at his career stats, his PR is 18. Now, that's not that much better. Like, so the best PERs are like 30. So, McKenzie and Research, maybe get this year's top couple PER numbers and who they are. You got it now? Hit me. Nikola Jokic is number one at 31. Okay. Joel Embiid is number two, uh, slightly below that at 31. One more. And then uh, Kawhi Leonard's at 27. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Giannis is in front of him at 28. All right. And then Leonard fourth. So when you have a list like that at the top, Jonas, we got to feel pretty good that that the methodology is generally correct. 15 is Oladipo this year. That's average. The best players are double that. 
Oladipo in his career is 18. I think a little bit of an upgrade for the Heat, perhaps. But the reason I think it's worth it is because they haven't really give they didn't give much up this year. So to me, if I say, "Hey, give me a hundred dollars now, and I'll give you a thousand next year," most people would do that. But I'm richer today. Doesn't matter if I made a bad deal. So in that case, the deal was bad for me. But I'm richer today. Or the Heat are probably a better team today. But I don't think it was necessarily a good deal. And I don't think they're a better team by very much because of Oladipo. What do you think, Jonas? Yeah, I'm just surprised that the the odds change as much as they did because I don't see how this puts them anywhere closer to Brooklyn. I mean, I don't know if, if unless baked into the odds are them just hoping Kyrie Irving is going to have a meltdown in the postseason. I don't know how this makes. But why them, would that increase because all the depots here? I, that's the thing. I I don't I don't know what 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 goes into this. Maybe the well, the, I mean, what goes into it is is the way people bet, and what we know is that the futures market, and that's what this is, is not as sharp as. Game markets not as sharp as other markets. Okay. So in general, you got more casual fans that are betting in the futures. And I think there's been, and you can tell me if you agree with this. I think there's been a real chomping at the bit to be optimistic about the Heat this year because obviously they went to the finals last year. Right. There's a lot of speculation that teams that went deep in the playoffs were fatigued. You know, with the short layoff, they also had COVID issues, injury issues. So, in general, I agree the Heat's team is better than their win win loss record. I don't see why though Oladipo would cause the springboard to happen now, other than maybe some people started paying attention because of it. I, I totally agree, and I still I would put them and and they were very popular too, a really likable team last year. So maybe there's a lot of fanfare that came along with it with their style of play, and they were the underdog story and all of that stuff. I just and and this Lamarcus Aldridge is reportedly rumored to be somebody that that, that Miami's going to pick up because he was bought out uh, by the Spurs. So maybe that helps you a little bit. But I still look at the Eastern Conference. I go, I would take Milwaukee, I take Philly, especially if Embiid is healthy, and I'm taking Brooklyn over Miami. Miami all day. That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Oladipo is a multiple time All Star, and most recently 2019 with the Pacers. So I think remember he was what like the third pick in the draft for Orlando. If I remember, I like he was a second. I think. I think he was yeah. He was right, yeah. right up there. Yeah. And and he's got a, one of those hard names that once you learn it, it's kind of like you remember it. So <laughs> I think in general his brand is just bigger than the reality, especially today, that reality. Now, the Miami Heat, I think it's not only they went far, it's not only because of the Riley factor. The Heat are obviously a team that's won the title with two contingents, you know, with Dwayne against Dallas way back in, what, 2005 or six, And then it was again with the LeBron run. Uh, it's, a, it's a team with a big brand. And remember, especially in... The futures market, that kind of stuff matters. It's not efficient. It's not maybe warranted, but that's why you can beat Vegas, by fading the biases of the public. So let's look at the Miami Heat's division odds just to show you the optimism. So, Mackenzie, in the standings right now, grab the standings. I'm going to read the odds. The Heat are minus 270. Minus 270 to win the division. So 100, or you got to bet 270 to win 100 on the Heat. The Hawks, who have been hot, 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 and they're in a trade here that we're going to talk about next. They're plus 210. 100 wins you 210. Now, if we look at the standings, which are, McKenzie? 
The Hornets are leading the division at 22 and 21. And by the way, the Hornets are 10 to 1 to win the division. The Heat and the Hawks are tied both a half game back. Now think about that. You got a team that's in front that's 10 to 1. Now again, Ball got hurt, so it matters. He was almost certainly going to be the rookie of the year. Now you got the Hawks and the Heat are tied, but one's minus 270. There's just a general <laughs> sense the Heat are better than their record. But that was the case yesterday, too. That's where I agree with you. This is fairly irrational, the, the movement from Vegas. Oladipo improved the Heat saw significantly, now down to 30-1. to one. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What's up, everyone? It's me, three-time NFL All-Pro Sean Marion, and I have a new sports podcast called the Lights Out Podcast with Sean Marion. This podcast is special to me as I get a chance to talk to some of the best who've ever done it on the field or the track. So whether it's talking to a Super Bowl champion or a NASCAR Cup Series champion, the Lights Out Podcast will bring it to you the only way I know how to. I'm giving you the best insight from the best who've ever done it. Listen to Lights Out with Sean Merriman on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you can get your podcast. All right, RJ, it is time to run the board here on Straight Out of Vegas, the debut edition. And we start, of course, with a difficult name to pronounce for many. It is Nikolai Vucevic on his way from Orlando to the Chicago Bulls. All right, so when I look at this, I think I am looking to bet against the Magic tomorrow night because these probably the two best players on the team. And you're going to say, wait a minute, RJ, you're telling me that's not accounted for in the line? It is. What's not going to be accounted for is psychologically. If you have a team and these are the two, two of the best guys, if not the two best, and one day they're just gone. Now, I get it. If you're like the seventh, eighth man and you might start, you're happy. But the rest of the team's thinking, oh, my God, the whole season now without these guys? I think that's a big, big negative. And I think that psychology only lasts a game or so. But I would look closely against the Magic tomorrow because I think the psychology is against them because of this trade. Yeah, and I don't know that we've seen a fire sale from one team like this in a long time to where they just took their three best players and said, see you later. And just, and, just oh, So them. who would be the third one in your mind? Well, I think Evan Fournier, um, uh, Aaron Gordon, and Vucevic all yeah, gone all right. in, in yeah, one day. Yeah, there you day. go. So, um, and, and I think the compounding of that makes it even more psychologically a downer. And then again, they're, they're professionals, but initially it's a problem. Yeah, Vucevic on his way to Chicago. We keep it in Chicago, but we go to the NFL next as we run the board here on straight out of Vegas to where the Chicago Bears apparently have made a decision as to their starting quarterback next season, tweeting out a picture with QB1 attached to it and a picture of Andy Dalton photoshopped in a Bears uniform. Now, a lot of people said, well, Cam Newton went to the Patriots, RJ. Why is it that you think maybe that's just move number one? But with Chicago, you're thinking, oh, this, this Andy Dalton's a bad, you know, bad pickup, bad signing. Here's why. Because of having Nick Foles on the team with the contract he's got, they, apparently they can't cut him. So the fact that he's there, you can't have three named quarterbacks that you're paying real money to. So by bringing a second one in, it was a real sign. Now that they're putting Andy Dalton QB1, it tells you two things. I was right about that, is 
if they're making him clearly number one, they're not looking to trade. I mean, if they can get Russell Wilson, who knows what will happen. But otherwise, I think, and I'd be willing to bet right now, that Andy Dalton or Foles will be the starter this season, or at least game one. And you might say, well, that's an easy bet. What I'm saying is, effectively, I think they're done at quarterback. And if you're the Bears, you cannot be happy. And if you're Nick Foles, you can't be happy that they're not setting up a competition. Trubisky, they had a huge amount of money in. They wanted him to succeed. And they traded for Foles just to have a competition. The fact that what they saw from Foles is so bad, they don't even want him competing effectively, not a good sign in Chicago. And you mentioned Trubisky, his former team, Chicago. His new team is Buffalo. And that brings us to the AFC East and the odds in the AFC East where the Bills are atop the division when it comes to favorites to win the division. But we do have a team creeping up towards the number two spot. And to me, this is Belichick's music. (laughs) (laughs) To me, this is interesting because Buffalo's just that much better. As much as everyone feels like the Patriots have improved greatly, the Bills are still minus money to win the division. Minus 150. Patriots plus 350. Dolphins plus 350. So, yes, New England is much, 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 much better. But no, they're not near as good as Buffalo, who's right up there with Kansas City. And now you got to say Cleveland. They've had a good offseason. And Baltimore, those are the favorites in the East. New England's not amongst them. And we'll keep it in the AFC East, but we'll go to the bottom of the division where it is the New York Jets and their quarterback, currently Sam Darnold. A lot of rumblings that they're going to make a selection at quarterback, picking number two in the draft, but some of the odds would say different, RJ. Yeah, well, what it says is, and here's what's interesting, a lot of people are reading this the wrong way, and anytime I get a chance to crap on Sam Darnold, I like to do it, because (laughs) I want to try to even things out across the media. But the reality is that the odds have moved. Will he return to the Jets? And it minus 120 to return. So a little bit of a favorite before. Now he's minus 150. And this is about the last two weeks it's moved. But remember, always read carefully. None of it says he's going to start. So with the new coaching staff, if you have them say, listen, dude, we think that you have a chance politically it's going to be hard for us to come in with you as the A guy. We're going to draft Zach. And again, if they draft Zach Wilson, it would only make sense to keep a Sam Darnold. You're hearing about Matt Ryan, whose his signings or the contract restructuring makes Atlanta almost locked into him for two years now. But picking four, there's all kind of talk they're going to take a quarterback. Now, I've never seen a quarterback necessarily picked up four that you think is going to sit multiple years. But Jets take Wilson – Keep Darnold there and say, hey, go for it, guys. If you're Darnold, you're happy about that, right? So to me, Jonas, this is more about that that they are going to pick a quarterback, but obviously a young one, and thus they don't mind Darnold being there to compete with them. And and I think the Jets really are the last team and last job to compete for. If you think about it, it feels like every other spot has been taken, barring an injury. It's similar to the Cam Newton signing. It was well, so Carolina. Late the, wouldn't you say Carolina's pretty open? Okay, Carolina's pretty open, but it feels like they're targeting somebody in the draft. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't. It it seems to me similar to Cam Newton a year ago that it made sense because. 
all the other spots were taken, so you'd have a real shot at winning that job. And the Jets feel like the only real shot for Sam Darnold to win a job right now. Yeah, anyone that thinks Sam Darnold would like clearly win out over Fitzpatrick or clearly win out over... They're dreaming. San Francisco would not. They he, they take Sam Darnold to compete. Yeah. But Jimmy G over Sam Darnold till you're blue because Sam Darnold's never had three straight games he's played well. I mean, effectively. Straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We take a look at the teams with up arrow and down arrows next to their name when it comes to how the future looks in the NFL. And we start in the AFC East with the New England Patriots. This is simple, but it's important. The Patriots did overpay in some spots. But because they had such a big shopping list, they overpaid for the right reason, meaning they needed to replace so many players, they couldn't wait and try to be cheap and then miss out. There's no other player. This isn't like the supermarket. So, yes, New England paid a lot, but they had to because they had so many players they needed to procure, and thus I think New England did very well for themselves. Next up, we go to the NFC North, the team that's been criticized much this offseason. It is the Chicago Bears. But their odds have an up arrow. It doesn't make any sense, right? It does, and here's why. By multiple reports, the Bears in Seattle aren't done. We don't have any idea if Seattle's locked in to saying no for Russell, and it's possible they're not. You know the Bears are getting desperate. So to me, they would probably throw Andy Dalton that deal, who knows what, but there's still a chance they're going to get Russell Wilson, the Bears, and thus the odds of actually doing a bad time for the Bears have improved. Another team with an up arrow next to them is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champs. This is simple. We've never seen a team that re-signed so many players to run it back. AB's still out. We'll see. But otherwise, you just got to give the Bucs massive props for this and Brady massive props. And a Super Bowl team? Odds improving in the offseason? I don't think I've ever seen it. It's, it's impressive. And next, we go to where the arrow points south, the AFC South and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, this is interesting. About two weeks ago, we did a list, Jonas, you remember, who had the most money available for free agency. We thought, hey, you got the money. Now's the year to spend it. And we thought, look, they're bringing in the savior at quarterback Jacksonville, maybe they're going to get ready for a push this year. We were talking division odds. They haven't spent as much money, and they've had some signings that some people have raised their eyebrows at. So even though this is a time Jacksonville should have surged like New England, they didn't. And the reason is they've been frugal with the money, and they haven't been smart in the signings they've made. And the GM they picked, a lot of people in the league don't think he's the right guy for the job. Jacksonville down arrow, I think, is warranted. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 